For today's episode, I have with me Deborah Fryer. She is a mindset coach because everything starts in here. If you think like you need to go on courses, you are just educating yourself. It's the how-to, but everything starts in here. If this is not right, you're not going to get anywhere. I have the privilege to have a Deborah in here with me today because she will tell us more about the mindset, what she does, and hopefully she'll give us some tips. Uh, hi, Deborah. Thanks so much for having me. Could you maybe tell us in the short more about yourself? I live in Boulder, Colorado, and I like to call myself an accidental money mindset coach. For many, many years, I was an artist and a filmmaker, and I was doing great when I was on a project, and then I felt terrible when I wasn't. And so I was on a kind of roller coaster with money, where I'd have it, I don't have it. I feel good about myself, I don't feel good about myself. And so I thought, well, maybe I should go to medical school and become a real doctor. I have a PhD, but I thought that's not real, right? I should have a real doctor, then I'll have some real respect. I'll get a real paycheck. I'll have consistent income, right? Somebody else will always be generating new patients for me. I won't have to do that. So I decided I was going to go to medical school. And in the process of that, I was working in an anatomy lab for two years. And I was working in an anatomy lab and, uh, you know, getting very intimate with the human body. And on one particular day, we're coming up actually on the 10 year anniversary of that day. Uh, my dad dropped out of a heart attack. And the next day it was my job to go into the anatomy lab and remove the heart from a cadaver. And I thought, I can't do this. And then I thought, I can't not do this. I have to understand what killed my dad. And I went into the anatomy lab and I removed a heart from a human cadaver. And it turned out that the human cadaver had died from a massive coronary, same as my dad. What are the chances? And you can see when a human heart fails because of a massive coronary event, because one side is completely full of blood and one is completely empty. And it was like in that moment, my entire crown opened and all of this wisdom poured through me. And I realized holding the heart in the hand that everything goes through the same movement of expand and contract and fill and empty and give and receive, knowing, not knowing, having, not having. This is part of the cycle. It is the cycle. Both parts are part of the whole. And I realized that I had been running my own business completely backwards. I'd been running my own body into the ground. I was pulling all-nighters. I wasn't charging my clients for much of the work. Uh, I was working for free or pro bono. And I was, you know, it was clear that I was going to be the next cadaver on the table if I didn't change something about my business. I was also $100,000 in debt at the time. And I felt like I could barely breathe. And I thought, well, the only way to get out of being $100,000 in debt is you should just work harder. You should just take on more projects. You should just sleep less. You should just eat less. You should just exercise less. And of course, the body is not designed to do that. And so it was in this moment of, of great grief and great loss. And, you know, I'm crying as I'm holding the heart in my hands and I'm dissecting and, you know, tears are streaming. And, and I just realized I cannot keep doing business the way I have been doing business, which is give, 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 never take a break, never receive, never rest. And that was really the seed of everything that I now teach. All of my programs are called the anatomy of money programs and courses. And they all came through by literally me studying the human anatomy and seeing that the way that our human body is designed, there is 
a primary organ at each energetic level of the body in, in uh, Indian terms. We call these chakras or wheels. Each of these energetic areas that are governed by a primary organ, like the brain or the pituitary or the thymus or the heart, etc., is also the place of a cardiovascular junction and also a place of a neuromuscular junction, a place where nerves uh, all fire together. And so I could see that there was like this map in the body. And I could see also that this map, my heart, my gut, my throat, my brain, like various parts of my body would go offline when I thought about talking about money. I saw there was a way that I would blow a fuse, I would go dark, I would get scared, I would freak out, I would hide, I would go invisible, I would feel shame. And it showed up really specifically in my body. And then I started sharing this at the time I was a yoga teacher. And so I was sharing this with my yoga students and they would say, oh my gosh, that's so true for me. When I think such and such a thought, I feel it in such and such a place in my body. And then uh, one of the yoga students actually followed me into the parking lot and she said, will you work with me? And I said, I don't have clients. I'm a filmmaker. I don't, I don't do that. I teach yoga and I make documentary films. And she said, well, I really want to be your client. I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't do any private coaching. And then the next uh, time we had another meditation class and a yoga class and she follows me out and she said, I really want to work with you. And I said, I don't, I just, I'm sorry. I don't have any private clients. And she said, I'm your first private client. And that's mm -hmm. literally how my business started was I was teaching yoga. I was teaching meditation. I was teaching embodiment. And it turns out that our nervous systems are very specifically and individually personally wired to react to money, to wealth, to power, to leadership, to value, and all kinds of uh, related ways that we show up in bigger ways than we've allowed ourselves to show up. So that's mm -hmm. literally how my business got started. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. <laughs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> you shared a lot, uh, which is amazing. Thank you for that. So the question is, um, because I'm always trying to relate to people who are watching. So if somebody has this issue, let's say, they are uh, stressing, they have this uh, possibility, sometimes like, you know, some something's happening with the money, they don't have money or just the world money they hear, they they squeeze and they stress and they the whole the body changes. I mean, what will be, I, I know you cannot say like everything, but because obviously it's a process, but what will be like one thing, how to recognize it and to do something about it? Starting with how to recognize it is exactly where we start. Awareness is definitely the first step. So when someone feels, I don't have the money, when someone says, I don't have the money, we know that thoughts activate feelings, which are neurotransmitters that cascade through the body and they result in certain sensations. We call that a feeling, right? And so you're thinking a thought, I don't have the money. And that thought generates a certain feeling. So that certain feeling will then uh, predispose you to take a certain action, which will then result in whatever the action is that you take. And so if you think about I don't have any money for a lot of people who live in fear because that's their conditioning. A lot of people who, who look to the outside world for validation, for approval, um, they look to safety in the outer world. If that's their come from, if that's their orientation, whenever they hear themselves saying, I don't have any money, they will feel scared. Mm. And right. They'll feel scared. They won't immediately go to, Oh, 
I'll create another product. I'll paint another painting. I'll bake another batch of cookies and I'll sell them on the, on, on the corner market. I'll sell another house. Whatever the thing is that you are skilled in, you can create a course, a product, a service, and people will exchange that for money. But people forget their own self-agency. So mm. if you say, I don't have any money, what is your perspective? Is your perspective right in this moment, the money's not in the bank? Well, it could be that right in this moment, the money's not in the bank because you haven't made a sale. It could also be that you're going to make a sale today and you're going to have $100,000 in the bank tomorrow, right? So I don't have any money is a very temporary, very mm -hmm. transient, uh, like it's a it's a blip in time. It's, yeah. not, it's not the truth of you. But if you see the truth of you, if your identity is someone who doesn't have the money, then you will consistently discover that you don't have the money. So in other yep. words, we're talking about the difference between a thought and identifying with the thought. Mm -hmm. If you have the thought, I don't have any money, it's a transient thing, like a cloud passing through a beautiful blue sky. You know, I don't have any money right this hot second, but, you know, I just, I just closed a, a really big sale and I'm expecting a $100,000 transfer into my bank account um, in about an hour, right? So in about an hour, you know, I'm going to be flash again, right? So yep. I don't have any money is temporary and it doesn't mean anything about me. It just means the money's on its way to me. It hasn't arrived yet. You realize that thoughts are transient. They're moving through all the time against the backdrop of your consciousness. You're the thinker of the thought. You're not the thought. You're separate from it. You can observe yourself thinking the thought, you can observe yourself reacting to the thought, but you know, you're not the thought. Hmm. When you think you're the thought, then you think, I don't have any money is your identity. That is very different. So the mindset work is helping people separate the thought from the identity of who you are. Your yeah. thoughts, the thought, I don't have any money. If you think that over and over and over and over and over, you will step into that and that will be your reality. So mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, you know, I would invite you to interrupt that thought when you have it and replace it with something like I'm making the money or money comes and goes or more is always coming to me. Or I love, I love that money is always flowing to me and through me and from me, you know, find a way to reframe it so that mm -hmm. you stop having such a fixedness because the fixedness, the rigidness you know, we call it a fixed mindset will actually prevent you from being in the flow of money. I just pop in my head two examples. One example was someone who I know, he's always saying for as long as I know him, I don't have any money, but every time I come, they are doing something new in their house. There's always something new. I mean, the house, it's like new, new, new. There is nothing needed to be done for the next 50 years, I would say, in my opinion. But every time I come, like every year, there is something new this bench is not good enough. They change for a different one. But when I ask about the topic about money, I don't have any money. And that's so an interesting one, isn't it? Right? Because they say, I don't have any money, but then you observe them spending money and you're like, okay, so there are two mixed messages going on here. And when we tell each other mixed messages, that also creates a huge amount of stress in the system. It's kind of like driving with your foot on the brake and the foot on the gas. Because the foot on the brake is I don't have any money. The foot on the gas is I'm spending the money as fast as it comes in, which assures me that I don't have any money, right? Yeah. And they totally miss that they constantly have money. You know, like that dude who says I don't have any money, what you're saying, that dude constantly is in the flow of money. He always has money and he spends it on something and more comes and then he has more and he spends it and then more comes and he spends it, right? Mm -hmm. So both are true. This is like very interesting sometimes to observe those people when they say it and it's like that. And another example is me. When 
I read a book from Robert Kiyosaki about property real estate. And uh, that was a long time ago, uh, 12 years ago. And uh, I moved to UK to first learn the language, all right. And after um, I started doing my street food business, but there was one opportunity maybe maybe six years ago. And um, I've been offered to do some course and educate myself about the property. Uh, and I didn't take action because they asked me for money. There was like 1,000 pounds to go for the course. But I was like, no, I don't have money, not even for that course. But how can I start property or real estate business? Because the property is expensive. <laughs> how, how can I start? So in my head, for since I read the book for eight years, was in my head like, I don't have money. And that was my reason why I didn't start earlier in a real estate or property business, basically. And after uh, I changed that one day because I was fed up and I was in debt. And uh, and I said like, okay, I need to make a decision. And I started with no money and I found the money anyway. So it just was the shift in the head. What you're saying reminds me of something that Bob Proctor used to say, which is when you're buying a house and people will say, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. And this was true for us when we bought our house, we didn't have the money. Yeah. But as long as we kept saying, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, we guaranteed that we were not going to have the money. Yeah. And then we found a house that we really wanted. And then we made a decision, this house is going to be our house. And when we made the decision, then we discovered, oh, well, we have this investment that we can cash in and I can sell this stuff in my garage. And, you know, like we, we cobbled together what we needed for the down payment. But what Bob Proctor says is until you make the decision, yeah. You don't actually need the money. And so if your decision is, I don't have the money, that's a decision. That's something you're deciding about yourself. And so if you keep asserting, I don't have the money, that's what you're deciding and you will be right about you. And if you decide, no, I'm buying this house and I'm coming up with the money, then everything will start conspiring to make that be the goal because whatever you're seeking is seeking you. So when you make a decision and you start walking towards your decision, it starts walking towards you. The other thing that that reminds me of is, you know, a lot of times people will say, um, I don't want to invest in something like, like in money mindset coaching, they'll say, oh, I don't have the money. And I, you know, hear that. I hear people's fear talking. And I also know that hiring a money mindset coach is like, if you want to go to the Olympics, the best time to hire a coach is at the beginning, right? So they can't, yeah. so you don't get a whole bunch of bad habits. You, you want a coach who can help you, you know, perfect your form and perfect your mindset and perfect your energy and your diet and your nutrition. And, you know, you don't wait until you're standing on the podium and you have the gold medal and that's the time to hire the coach. Or, you know, if you want to be a marathon or you start training for the marathon six months before you actually cross the finish line, you don't hire the running coach after you cross the finish line. But a lot of people have very backwards thinking and they think, oh, I'll hire the coach after I reach the goal, which yeah. is completely backwards. No, you should yeah. hire the coach so that you can reach the goal faster. That's why you hire a coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had the same, like, when I'll, uh, when I'll sell the first property deal, real estate deal, after I'll buy your coaching. I'm like, yeah, but how long do you want to do that? No, two years. What did you do? Nothing. I was like, so see, it's not working. It's not working. So you need to change something. But the exactly you are saying, like people have the backward thinking, and it's just they are looking for an excuse because they want to escape from that make from that decision. People don't, well, want, people don't like to make decisions. 
Yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> decisions are super uncomfortable because they're very confronting, right? If I make a decision, decision literally means, if you think about the word DE means from, and scission is the same root as to kill. And so when you decide, it's like you're cutting something off and you're saying, nope, none of those options is an option anymore. Like yeah. there is no plan B, there's no back door. Like I am hundred percent in and I am doing this. And, and it feels confronting because what if I fail? What if I don't know how? What if they don't like it? What if they dis what if I disappoint people? What if they judge me? Like what if what if I lose a ton of money? What if, what if, what if? And we could totally spin ourselves out with what I call what if itis. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's a kind of extreme paranoia of I'm not good enough and nothing I do will ever be good enough. And I don't trust myself and I never will. You know, it's 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 intense fear is what it is. Or we could have what I call pronoia, which is what if I do sell the house? What if I do 10x my income? What if I do uh, call in my beloved? What if I do, you know, find my dream house and I buy it? What if I do have more clients than I can handle, right? Like, what if you actually discover that you're more capable than you thought? You're more valuable than you thought. Like, what if that were the outcome? So it's very confronting because again, it gets back to who do you think you are? And that voice of who do you think you are? You can't make a million dollars. Well, who do you think you are is your identity, right? So it's going to confront your identity of, I see myself as somebody who never has any money or no, I see myself as a million dollar business owner. People inhabit both identities. I know people who are millionaires. You probably do too. And they're still saying, I don't have any money. Maybe even your friend who's always like renovating his house, right? The guy might have millions, but he's still in a scarcity mindset. So I also want to throw in that making a pile of money does not liberate you from a scarcity mindset. When um, you were saying about this decision-making, when um, people came to you in the on the parking lot or after the meditation, and they ask you, you know, you know I want to work with you but you didn't have any clients yet. So it was something new for you. So how did you make that decision? You know, I had to confront like, who am I? Am I really somebody who, who can lead? And I realized, yes, I can. I've been teaching this uh, and studying this for 25 years. I did invest in a business coach because I didn't know how to run a business. And many people who are first-time entrepreneurs and many people who are scaling from six to seven figures, and many people are scaling from seven to eight. We all have business coaches because we're expanding into a version of ourselves we haven't inhabited yet. It's unknown. And the brain loves certainty. Your brain does not like uncertainty. That activates what we call the fight or flight response. And it is immediate to all of us. And our consciousness is evolving faster than our physical nervous system. Mm. And so when any of us is confronted with something that we haven't done before, we haven't experienced ourselves as that before, we're going to feel afraid. We're going to feel like, oh my gosh, they're going to kick me out of the tribe. They're mm. not going to like me, right? And then we're going to feel like we're going to die. It feels really primal. And once we realize, oh, I can handle this. I have the energy to handle it. I have the smarts. I have the support system. I've got these mentors. I've got my, my, my team. I've got my meditation practice you know, I've got the support system and I'm going to do it. I'm just going to make the path by walking it. You know, I like every other entrepreneur, I had to walk myself into my business. And I did that with the support of a coach because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And now I coach other people 
who come to me and they say, I don't know how to do it. And, and, and I know how to help them because I've done it. That's right. So that's how I got through it myself was um, I did, you know, start working with this person privately and I realized I need some help here. Like I need a coach. I don't know how to structure my business. I don't know how to structure a contract. I don't know how to set up my packages. I don't know what to charge. Mm-hmm. And so I got guidance from somebody who'd been on the path before. And the brilliant thing about that, and the same thing that you did, right? You took a course and then you didn't have to figure everything out by yourself. So that initial investment, which actually, once I got over the hardship of me parting with the money, created so much ease for me because now I didn't have to figure it out. I had somebody walking every step of the way saying, do this, do this, do this, or try it this way, experiment with this. How about this? And I was able to create it at the speed that was comfortable for my nervous system. And then, you know, once I had my first six figure leap, then I just started compressing time. Like I realized, okay, I can make six figures in five months. So now I'm going to play with how about making six figures in one month? And then I did that. And then I thought, well, okay, how about making six figures in a weekend? And I did that. And then I was like, okay, how about if I do that five times a year? And then I did that. And, you know, like once you know how to do the thing, can you do the thing more quickly? We're playing with time and space. You know, we get really mired in the quagmire of the physical reality of the dollars in the bank. But what precedes the dollars in the bank is the energetic, spiritual ability to hold yourself in the vibration of Mm. what it is that you are moving towards. How does someone act who runs a million dollar business? Mm. How do they talk? What are their habits? How do they fill their time? What do they think about? What do they read? You can feel there's an energetic groundedness. It's not all like, Ooh, love and light and airy fairy and ungrounded, right? There's a kind of groundedness and a a great expansiveness, an ability to see multiple perspectives at the same time that is required for us to build and grow and scale and maintain our businesses. So I have here one point from what you said, but before I'll ask that one, I have a question. Do you still teach yoga? I do. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said also, I just the asking the question is like when uh, some sometimes like people feel like even like when you, you've been a doctor, right? So you were doing something over there. Do you still do that or not? No. No, no. So I was just asking this because some people with the healing before they get sick. Yes. No, that's much better. <laughs> and uh, now the reason I'm asking because sometimes people feel like you know, they are looking for themselves, like, okay, so what is it I want to do? And uh, I know that I had this also, this force, and I'm like, okay, I want to become that person, I, or I want to build this business, but in in the in the head is also like, but I'm not quite sure if this is it. I'm not quite sure if this is it. And this postponing, this decision for later and later and later, and, uh, and basically, what would you have to say about that? So I'm going to answer this from the perspective of brain chemistry. When Mm -hmm. we postpone a decision, when we say not right now, what we're subconsciously telling ourselves is 
I don't deserve this right now. I'm not ready for this right now. And this now moment is actually all we have. Your body lives only in the now. Your body doesn't live in the future. Your body lives in the now. Your conscious mind mistakenly thinks that the past equals the future. And it is very afraid of the future because the future hasn't happened yet. So when someone says, I'll do it later, they're operating from a conscious mind that is subconsciously in fear because the body only knows now. And the now moment creates the next one, creates the next one, creates the next one, right? You can't get from here to there without every single moment in time in between. You know, mm -hmm. so if you think about a flower opening, or think about an acorn, it's this little tiny seed that's in the optimal conditions for growth, and then it will crack open, and then a little sprout will come, and then two leaves will come, right? And now it's a little stalk, and now it's a little branch, and now it's two branches, and now it's four branches, and now it's six branches, and now it's et cetera, right? Like the now moment is what brings the future to it. So when you're wanting to make a change, the fastest way that I know is to go beyond the story of the conscious mind, go beyond the conditioning, go beyond the fear, go beyond time itself and enter a timeless state, which is when you ask me, do I still practice yoga? Yes, because that's where the creativity is. Yes. It's, it's in the unformed, it's in the pure potential that we haven't yet formed. That's where your creativity comes from. That's where all creativity is. And it's who you are. And so mm -hmm. the more that you embody that, the quicker you're able to use that energy and create from it. And since the future hasn't happened yet, you know, when people say, well, I'll postpone a decision. Okay, well, so what you're saying is I'm not going to decide. That means you're going to let something outside of you decide. The offer is going to go away. The time is going to pass you by. The plane's going to leave. The bus is leaving. The train is leaving. The kids will move out of the house, whatever. You're letting external conditions define you. That's not you standing in your power. That's not you having any agency. That's letting your conditions define you. And that's so upsetting and frustrating for so many people because they feel like I don't have any power. Nobody's listening to me. Why? because you're not listening to you. You're saying, oh, I'll let my external conditions. I won't make a decision. I'll let everybody else make a decision and then I'll just go with their decision. So in so many ways, it's very disempowering for us when we do that. Perfect. Thank you very much for sharing. It was very nice. <laughs> I've never heard that in this kind of, from this angle. So thank you for that. It was very good. What do you think happens when you postpone a decision? So the, the reason why I was asking is, uh, because sometimes people feel like when you they are postponing because they are they are because they want to find the right thing they are like okay I'm not sure if this is it maybe I need to get a little bit more I don't know education or maybe more reading and really find myself or maybe I need to do another thing and you know you practice more yoga something like something which is gonna come my way and that will be it but the thing is what I think is like if you feel this is it what you want to do right now do it. Nobody was. Nobody said you cannot change it next year or in two years. No, nobody said that. So you don't need to decide for all your life. And I have an example of that. When I moved to UK, I wanted to become a chef. So I went to the kitchen. I started cooking and I've done all those things. I found out and I have a severe eczema for shellfish, which in, in Czech Republic, I never touch a shellfish. So 
I had to finish in that profession, in that matter, uh, but it didn't stop me. I opened up my food truck and uh, I was cooking there. And, uh, and after four and a half years, I stopped that and I went into real estate or property business and I went to raise finance from people and uh, and I told them, you know, this is the project and this is the money, what I need. And they were like, the people like, yeah, but you are a chef. I'm like, I've been a chef four and a half years. At that point, I was, I don't know, 28. So it means that I need to be a chef for the rest of my life or am I allowed to change profession? <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I feel like people, when they need to make a decision, they feel like, I think they need. They think they will make a decision, and that's how it needs to be to the rest of the life. And that's why they are postponing that because they they think that they don't know what it's gonna be. I love that you share that because it touches into: Do you have a fixed mindset? Or do you have a growth mindset? If you have a fixed mindset, you think you have to make one decision, and you're not allowed to change your mind. And if you look at nature, you realize the nature is constantly transforming. If you look at the body, you realize the body is constantly transforming. And, you know, one of the big takeaways for me working in the anatomy lab is that the body is so temporary mm -hmm. and you living in a body is temporary and your decisions are also temporary, right? You decide that, you know, you want to live in Colorado right now, but then you decide you want to move to London and then you decide you want to move to the Azores and then you decide you want to move to New Zealand and, you know, you have the freedom to change your mind. So yeah. that's a growth mindset, which is I recognize that I'm part of this growing, changing, flowing, evolving, fluid world, and I'm mm -hmm. going to allow myself to flow and be fluid versus once I make a decision, I'm not going to change my mind. And that's so much in our conditioning. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's so much also um, of the patriarchal conditioning that's very controlling that says, you know, you're supposed to do this and never change your mind. You're supposed to get this nine to five job and you're supposed to do it, you know, for 50 years or 60 years. And then you retire and you get your pension and you're done. You're supposed to get married once and never divorce. And then you're done. And like, we know that's not how most people are living their lives right now, but yet the conditioning is, is, is quite pervasive. And if you look yeah. at nature, dandelions, for example, they don't stay where they were put right? One dandelion is in your yard and the next minute it's in your neighbor's yard. And the next minute, the entire park down the street is covered with dandelions, right? Yeah. They move on the wind. And if we could allow ourselves to follow the laws of nature and the fluidity and the cross-pollination, the multidisciplinary mm. cross-pollination, you know, we discover such a richness in life. If somebody would be listening and you said six figures in a weekend and you did it, which is amazing because it's a big achievement. And, uh, would you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Like, I know you had to learn how to do it in a year or six months and after you were scaling it up, but it takes some skills to make six figures in a weekend, right? For me, it was the energetics of me standing at that level of leadership. Mm -hmm. So the, the way that it started was uh, I had another career as a documentary filmmaker, which is what I was doing when this yoga student came and said, will you work with me privately? I was teaching yoga and I was making documentary films about science and the environment. And I realized that through my work in documentary filmmaking, that we're always making movies on the screen of our mind. We're always projecting our consciousness onto the screen of our mind or onto other people. And so the first thing for me was to shift my identity from yoga teacher who doesn't make any money and starving artist who doesn't make any money to 
someone who makes six figures. I literally had to start seeing myself as that. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I was like, nobody's going to like me. Nobody's going to be my friend. I've never done that. I'm nowhere near that. There's no way it's going to happen. You know, for many years, I made about $12,000 a year, about $1,000 a month. I started doing all this inner work and I started meditating and journaling and using EFT tapping and um, shadow work and a whole bunch of mind, body, somatic, integrative uh, practices that allowed me to feel safe making money. The underlying thing was I didn't feel safe with money. I didn't feel like I knew how to manage it. I didn't feel like anybody would like me if I had it. I was very judgmental about people who had it. And I didn't want to be one of those people that I was so judgy about, right? So in a way I was repelling money. So the way that it first started was I just had to step into the identity of somebody who could make six figures. And I made six figures as a filmmaker, not yet as a mindset coach, as a filmmaker. And I did it in five months. And I was so freaked out. I had a migraine for three days. I threw up for three days. And wow. I thought, I thought I, like, I can't tell anybody. Nobody will be my friend. Nobody will hire me. I, I Nobody can ever know that I've made, I think I was 108 in May. And so my nervous system was like, no more, Deborah, you're done. So I didn't have any more projects mm -hmm. for June, July, August, September. Like I'm not open for work. I'm totally booked. I can't take anything more. Like my nervous system just couldn't handle me making any more money. Yeah. And then starting in September, I made my first video course, what we call a launch in the online world, where I did a series of videos. And then I invited people into my very first course called the anatomy of money. And it was a four-week course that I taught live where I started to help people understand their inner anatomy and how their whole body was actually talking to them about money and respect and power and value. And people got really activated and they also got really clear about like, I get to make money. This is super fun. I feel great about money. I love money. And money started pouring in because they weren't rejecting it and they weren't repelling it and they weren't judging it. And so I just taught a couple of these courses and then I taught more and then I taught more and they were just four weeks each. So like between... October, November, December, I think I enrolled another $80,000 in business. And I'm like, oh my God, I almost made $200,000. I went from like $12,000 a year to almost $200,000 a year. And again, my whole nervous system was like, okay, you just got to chill. Like, this is not cool. You're making way more than your parents. Nobody needs to know. Nobody can know. You better not talk about it. You're way too big for your britches you're going to be a target. You should just shut up. And, you know, I felt the fear. And mm -hmm. so again, I didn't enroll for a really long time. And then I did a summit. And in the online world, a summit is where you interview lots of people over a course of, you know, a couple of weeks. And so I did the first master your money mindset summit. It was in May. So I didn't have any new enrollments, you know, January, February, March, April, May enrolled nothing. I spent a whole bunch of money and rolled nothing because I was scared because I, you know, had like expanded really big and then I needed to contract. And mm -hmm. the reason I'm pausing to say this is that remember I said, I was holding the heart in my hands at the beginning of this and the heart is expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting. And this is how we move oxygen through us. This is how your digestive system moves food through you. This is how you move life through you. This is how you metabolize life. And so I became aware that I would expand and then I needed to digest and then I'd expand and then I needed to digest. And I began to actually have this visceral somatic experience of 
when I was in this state of digesting, that that was part of the process and I was getting ready for the next big meal. So the next big meal, I did the summit that was in May. And I think, you know, there were 3000 new leads that came in, in a month. And then I did a couple of webinars and then I offered the anatomy of money, this four week course again, and again, it sold out. And then from that, I enrolled in the first, um, sister mind, which was a year long program for people who are really serious about reconditioning their nervous system, one thought at a time, one reaction at a time. And it's very deep work and it takes time. And so then I had a six figure month. So that was the next time it happened. So it was, you know, it was like the next year. And then um, I probably, you know, didn't enroll so much the rest of the year. And I think my income that year got close to 300. And then I was like, okay, you better like just chillax. Don't enroll any more people. Like it's cool. You're good. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next, uh, so then it was probably a year and a half later, my nervous system was now ready to do a live event. Mm -hmm. And when you do a live event, you're confronted with the same decision of, Am I willing to invest a thousand dollars in a course with the possibility of making, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand dollars on real estate sales? It was the same thing, right? The the live event wasn't a big investment for the participants. It was, I don't know, 200, 500. It wasn't a big event financially for them. It was, you know, they come for three days and they'd hang out with me, but I had to pay the hotel up front. I had yeah. to pay for the room rental up front. And I remember I kept calling my credit card company and saying, can I get a bigger limit? Can I have a cash advance? Because pretty soon I was like $80,000 overextended on my credit card because I had to pay for the whole thing before anybody showed up. I mm. had to like really step into this huge risk of what mm. if nobody shows up and what if nobody buys and what if I can't do this? So it was really a, a leap of faith financially. It was a leap of faith energetically. People came to the event. I led the three-day event. And again, I closed about 200 in sales in a weekend. So that was the first time that I did it uh, you know, as a live event. And then the pandemic came. And then I had to pivot again because now like nobody's meeting live. So then I had to learn how to do it online. Yeah. And I did it, you know, multiple times online. So that was kind of the trajectory that I had to learn first how to have an identity as someone who could earn a hundred thousand dollars, period. Like I'm capable of earning it, I'm capable of managing it, I'm capable of investing it, I'm capable of reinvesting it in my business and reinvesting it in next level coaching that's gonna help me grow my business. And I'm and I'm capable of like being a great money manager and I'm capable of delivering incredible uh, content and transformation to those who are on the path with me. So the first stage was just me getting safe with, I can do this. I'm the kind of person who does this. And then once I knew I was the kind of person who did it, well, can I do it faster? Mm. You know, it's kind of like, if you ever have learned to play a musical instrument and the first time you play really, really slow because you don't know where the notes are, you don't know where your fingers go. And then the more you practice it, the faster you're able to, to play the, the piece of music. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way I found with my business that it's running the drills, it's practicing something. And as you practice it, you become more confident, you become faster, and then it pretty much becomes automatic and it's not so hard. It's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that story from, you know, being on that same, how long have you been on that 12,000 kind of income? You said like 
12,000 a year before you shift your uh, identity to that I can make more? How long have you stayed in there? I was there pretty much my whole life until I was 50 mm. years. Well, mm. when I was a little kid, I wasn't making 12, you know, <laughs> but when I started working, I, I started working, um, you know, and I probably made less than that. I, I was a camp counselor. Um, you know, I worked as a cashier in a supermarket. I worked as a bicycle courier. I did a whole bunch of little jobs when I was putting myself through college. Um, and I probably earned four or $5,000 in the summer. And then mm -hmm. I might've had, you know, some little job while I was in college and graduate school. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, really earning just barely enough for many, 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 many years for the first 50 years of my life. And I was earning just barely enough because my conditioning, my mindset was set at that level. We all yeah. have an inner financial thermostat and mine was set at just barely enough, which happened to be at that level. And yeah. I had to, you know, reset, recalibrate the inner thermostat so that it was safe for me to make more than that. A lot of people have that, uh, as well, the thermostat like that, and I, I've been in the same shoes for for a very long time because I knew I'm from family. Like we always kind of could do things. We went for the holidays, and uh, I knew that there was never like money like saved anywhere, or that they wouldn't invest in anything. So I know that was always like this. No, we don't have money, but you know we managed to do stuff. And uh, so this was very long time also perception in my head. Like okay, so I need to be on that level and after it's about you know meeting the right people and embodying it into yourself that they actually you can do more and you can have more if you if you make that shift in your mindset and when we talk about that because we'll be slowly ending because we are 47 minutes if somebody has this problem with the money like you know and they need to shift their mindset do you have any i don't know any either free materials or course or um, some blog they can read something with or what they can do with you so they can start kind of shifting that mindset for themselves. So I can something I can include in the description so they can go there and, and start learning about something. If you're listening to this right now and you feel like you've gotten value or you're provoked or, or curious and would like to know more about how you can upgrade your money mindset and accelerate your income while having more freedom to authentically self-express and more time for you, there are a number of ways. Number one, you can find me online. I'm at deborahfryer.com, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-F-R-Y-E-R.com and connect with me through the contact form. I respond personally to every person who sends me an email. I also run a free Facebook group that's called the Anatomy of Money Academy. And that is a free Facebook group where I constantly give lots of value around money, money mindset, uh, self-regulation and stuff like that. I also run something that's also free called the Anatomy of Money Lab. And the next one is coming up October 23rd to 25th. So we can drop that in the show notes. I can imagine my channel people watch who wants to start something. They want to start business and they need to start focusing on their mindset because it's crucial. What will be one or two tips if they want to start, they are in that work, their job, and they want to do something with themselves. What will be one or two tips where you would give them like what they should do right now when they shut the video down, what, what they should do to start changing something? Decide what it is that you want to do. Decide what it is that you would do, even if nobody was going to pay you for it. Decide what is on your heart, this burning desire. You wake up with it. You go to sleep with it. You can't stop thinking about it. You read about it. You dream about it. You learn about it in your free time. You practice it as much as you can in your free time. What is that thing that so lights you up that you really want to do it and decide that you're going to do it? 
decide that you're going to turn over every stone that is preventing you from doing the thing and start doing the thing. And for many of you, that's going to mean you're going to look for a coach or a mentor in your field who can help you. For many of you, you'll find books. For many of you, you'll find YouTube videos. Um, and some of you uh, maybe are the mentor yourself that other people are looking for. So I think that'll be us for today. Thank you very much for everybody for watching and uh, check the description with all the links and everything is over there. So go and start learning and decide guys, decide.